Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. So on social media today, they were teasing that there was going to be a surprise return during NXT. As, but he's not the 10 guy. He's the freaking chairman instead. And I'm kind of sad. He, they're going to chant 10 at him no matter what he does. Like That's just what they're going to do. But good on him. I figured he would go there. He lives in Orlando and runs a wrestling school and he's like 40. Like He's probably going to work there as a trainer too. Like that just, I'm talking about Sean Spears slash Ty Dillinger, by the way. Yeah, I was like, maybe drop the name. Dude. Right. Um... I said the 10 guy. If you're listening to a podcast on the internet, you should know who the 10 guy is at this point. But, uh, or not, or you can Google it. Sorry. You know that bullshit that everybody's fighting over? Having to Google wrestling. What are we fighting over? Uh, you know, everybody got mad because Ice Cube's son criticized AEW fans for saying that you should just Google a wrestler if you don't know who they are instead of expecting AEW oh, to yeah, know yeah. who they are. Um, but anyway. So, so it was a rep- it was teased that there was going to be a surprise return to an NXT, and someone replied with with the gif of of Adam Cole doing the Adam Cole baby, and I cried on the inside because even if he did randomly show up, it's not the same guy, so it just wouldn't be right. Right, you're you're you're, you're heartbreak clinging. clinging to the past. Yeah, you you just keep hoping for what was, and he seems he's not the guy, brother. And he's happy. And he's happy. He, he, if his yeah. career peaked at being NXT champion, the longest running NXT champion of all time, that's why we have Peacock. Tennis for a wife, like I mean, yeah, that's why we have Peacock. Like we, we can watch it whenever we want to. Like it's all, sure, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I told a non, I explained to him. So a non wrestling fan sent me the, the the funny picture that that everyone has seen, where it's like HBO Max has changed his name to Max. You know, it's your move, Peacock. Right. And so I explained to this person that everyone in the wrestling area likes to refer to Peacock as the cock. And well, that's a wrestling thing in general, though. The cock, the E, you know, like if they can, if they can do a the whatever, they're going to do it. I I refer to it as Peacock just to be different. Well, Pat McAfee once said on the cock on SmackDown. So on accident, Um, but they replied with that sounds like something you said. And I'm like, I don't even say that. But okay, now I have. So I you have a rep, man. You have a reputation. I so. I so, and then I suggested they merge to form Maxcock. But and that, that, yeah, so that's a good suggestion. See, these are this is the sort of thing I worry about. Like when I when I record Bandwagon Nerds and we talk about these things. <laughs> but here we are that, on the Greg Demarco show with Greg Demarco and Patrick O'Dowd. And you're doing what I what I fear on other shows. Now that yeah, I'm on like right. a million shows on your network, yeah, dude. Yeah, you are. 
Acknowledge me. So anyway, it was sad. sad, sad to think about the memories of Adam Cole, but we'll always have him on Peacock or whatever incarnation of probably Netflix someday. How how will you handle it when he inevitably returns to NXT? I'll mark out like a little bitch. Of course you will. He'll be in shape again too. Just like I told you I did on over the weekend, and I'm not going to say why, but yeah, I know um, you did. Lot, lots of reasons. Oh, I know you know why. But that's oh, one of those. But I like to, I like to let ideas. them know that I know that they don't know what I know that you just told me that I now know. That you know. You know? Well done. That, that was well, you, you kept it on track perfectly. That was good. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not being a dick. Like, that's really good. That, that's... I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Patrick O'Dowd deserves, deserves his flowers, everyone. Give the man his flowers, whether it's in the form of real flowers, fake followers, at Wrestling Realist. W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T or otherwise. So to follow up on, on a question that Patrick O'Dowd asked last week about w- w- with Miranda Morales still being in the show open and, and if she would return to the show, and I said it was probably a better chance that she would be on this show in the future than her own show, she agreed with me. So <laughs> well, stopped by for a visit at, at, at the ICW. That's nice. Did she bring the tyke? No, no. It's not even a month old. Not even a month That's old. That's fine. It's a, it's a stop. Stop visiting you. Leave. It's fine. You, you might remember She saved that. the whole show? No, no. She, she, was, it was, she had like one or two feeding times covered, but then had to be back. So, right. Yeah. Is what it is. You might remember when my son was bored, day three, we were at a Greek restaurant. Like in, mm-hmm. in Connecticut. I hope that Greek. I hope Apollo is still there. That Greek restaurant. That place was amazing. I don't even know. I, I don't. I don't go to. I don't go to Connecticut anymore. So. <clears throat> Damn it, get in your. I car do know, dude. I do know that so much of so many of the places that we did, whether it was go out to dinner, uh-huh. like as families and friends, like so much of that shit is gone. I'm sure uh, it is. I mean, think about how many years. Because that's just the way the world works. And this COVID uh, thing happened too, which accelerated the other things closing. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hell, I was just talking the other day to somebody about the joys of Manchester, Connecticut, and okay. that that was the shopping mall that you you had. Oh my god! Because there the was movie nothing theater with the seats that were way too close together. Yeah. No, no, no. You're thinking of you're thinking of the other. You're thinking of the dirt mall. So there was the dirt mall, but then there was the Manchester mall, which had, was the bigger mall. That was the real mall that had the Buckland Hills Theater. And oh, okay. That, yep, yep. that theater's still there. But then the dirt mall, which was technically in, God, I can't remember where it was now that you mention it, but um, that one, that was like a strip, like the, the mall was like one level, yeah. one hallway with a <laughs> yeah. converted movie theater where they literally took whatever space they could. I can actually envision this, this mall that you're talking about. And made and made the movie theaters in whatever size rooms they could. There was one movie theater. I remember we, I don't know if you were with me when I went to see this, but I think our old friend Jerry definitely was. The the movie theater had I think the rows were six total seats. Yeah, they were I, I but remember. Were, but it was like and it was like four seats on one side, aisle two seats on the other. Like it was literally, it wasn't that small, but it was literally like, it was like small, the yeah. width of a movie screen. And that was, and it was it. only like four rows of seats. Like it was just right. It was bad. Weird. It was bad. Those were the very, days very they were. And, and we'll always have those memories. We will always have those memories. Now we have these memories. They, we do. We do have these memories. Um, where, where, where I was going with that. I don't even, I don't even remember. Sorry, that. man. I didn't mean it's to... okay. We we're talking okay. about Miranda. She, she will be likely back. So, um, Oh, that's exciting. Let me hang on. I gotta, I gotta reply to a text from my wife. So, um, we'll just do, we'll just do it all on air. Who cares, right? We're just doing it all on air. So, air all that laundry. Yeah. So let's talk about some wrestling. You know what? I'm at Greg Demarco four four. Already gave you Patrick O'Dowd's at Chairshot Media for the Chairshot.com. Go read, listen, be a part. All of thechairshot.com. So Patrick O'Dowd hit me up this week with an idea, or as as Bruce Pritchard would say when he makes fun of Michael Hayes, an ideal. 
for what he wanted to do today. So Patrick O'Dowd, what was your big idea? You just made the list. <clears throat> I wasn't I wasn't exactly certain you were going to turn it into a list until you declared that you were going to turn it into a it list. Just so makes we sense. had that, but it just makes sense. I guess so. Um no, no, you don't guess idea... so. It does. It does make sense. There's no I guess so. I mean, it's your, it's your show, your so you get to shit. say that it does. I mean, it's your call. Awesome! I came to... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I know you're having fun. I'm having a good time. I always have a good time on the show. It's a great show. But uh, I I simply texted you the this idea of discussing like narratives that need to stop in, in pro wrestling or I, and, I get, um, and that was kind of, the, that was kind of the MO just like these, these things that people say, and this all stemmed from X, uh, X Twitter and, uh, and being on X Twitter during elimination chamber. And I saw something that it just really irritated me because the it's, it's kind of like old takes exposed, but they're mm-hmm. like these undying narratives that won't go away. And there's still some, and, and Greg, you know, mentioned this is going to be a list. Like as I was working on my list, some of these, some of these narratives and, and, and things that are still out there are 30 years old that, that, that that's still okay. persists today on stuff that they, I write. That's so, the thing. They still persist today. Right. They don't go away. And, and so, I, I gave Greg an example, which I don't want to spoil yet because it'll be in, in the actual list part of the thing. But you said, that sounds like a great idea. And I was like, all right. And then a little bit later, you were like, we'll each do three and we'll just make it a list. And I'm like, okay. And then I had a really hard time coming up with two more after I gave you the example. I did eventually uh, work it out. Of course you did. You're Patrick F. O'Dowd. Like, like this, is, this is what you do. You work it out, so... We will do the list. We will talk about it. And then I think I have, uh, if I remember what it was, I had a three-minute warning that was like similar to that but breaks the rules that we talked about. But I can't remember what it is right now. So who knows if we'll actually do sure. it. Um, but we will figure it out. So I like it. I like the list idea. I like everything you're talking about. I think it's going to work. I think we're going to have a grand old time. Now, if you're tuning into this podcast and you're like, what about the Elimination Chamber? Like, you're a wrestling podcast. You're supposed to talk about the Elimination Chamber. To that I say... Awesome! I came to... Okay. First off, everybody's going to talk about the Elimination Chamber. Every podcast is going to talk about the... Well, except for one, apparently. Um, it was largely chalk. Like, like I, I complained about this off-air. Like, WWE's too chalk right now. It's my one complaint about WWE being too chalk right now. But at the same time, um, we have seven weeks to WrestleMania. Seven more of these shows, or six more of these shows. Like, we'll be fine. We'll have plenty of time to talk about WrestleMania. Plenty of time to talk about what's happening on the road to WrestleMania. Plenty of time to do all the things that people would want us to do. So, we good. We totally good. You come here for, for fun. You come here for topics. Um... It, this isn't on the list that Patrick came up with because it's not specific enough to a person. But one of mine is, 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 you know, you have to give the people what they want. And I say, no, you have to give the people what they need. And this week we're giving you what you need. So we're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back and we are going to have ourselves a fun time with this. Not the usual kind of list, but still. You just made the list. So we'll be right back. Promotional consideration. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones... Who get it done? Paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. 
Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. You just made the list! It is list time, as we talked about before the break. By the way, go to prorosingtees.com forward slash chair shot. Pick up one of your very own chair shot t-shirts. Promo code time. I don't know the promo code. I'll look it up. But it's sale time at the Pro Wrestling Tees. It's March Madness, which is when they do their March Madness sale. By the time you hear this, that sale should be active. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, here we go. Right here. Got it. Looking at it. Promo code is MADNESS24. 20% off. Plus orders of over $150 get free USA shipping. That begins February 28th. Runs all the way through March 4th. Merch Madness sale at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. Promo code MADNESS24. Go out there and get you some. So, Patrick O'Dowd, we are doing the list. Go ahead, and, and I know you explained it, but then we went to commercial. So, brief synopsis, and then you will go first because it's your list. Yeah, so Greg and I are going to give our list of pro wrestling narratives that need to die. These can be, uh, and they have to be specific. They can't be cliche narratives like Greg, like Greg explained before. Like you, can't, uh, like, you can't say, give the fans what you want. Is a, is a wrestling narrative that needs to die. We want it to be more specific. And so in the examples that I have, uh, all of my examples are about people in the business and in the industry in some I think way, they all, I mean, I, I would go so far as to say they all have to be about a person. Right. And in one case, they're about two people. So That's fine. But uh, and with each of these, Greg and I'll share these narratives. I think it's a little bit different from previous lists because, you know, the list is usually a shorter segment, but this is the majority of the show. We'll probably talk about these a little bit more deeply uh, than we oh, have uh, have previously. So uh, buckle up because we're, we're going to get started and, and let people know that they just made the list. And you said I get to go first because it's my list, right? Exactly. All right. Well, so I'm going to go with a really old one. And okay. this is an old narrative that still persists to this day. I, f- I felt Lard- like you should have started with the, the one that I knew already, but that's okay. No, I wanted to save that one. Save it. I just it's wanna, a good one. I want to do it later. It's a, it's a good one. That's It's like my best one. That's what I want to save. For okay. Else. All right, then. <laughs> um, but this is an oldie, It's a, but a goodie. It's generally spouted by people who believe everything that um, – the the wrestling dirt sheet community has been writing about for the last 30 years uh even though the the other side will dispute it argue it present facts against it there's been one book that's been written that kind of shows it to not be entirely true uh but that narrative is that eric bischoff and hulk hogan destroyed wcw and tried to destroy tna wrestling everywhere the the number one argument that it that I see made against Eric Bischoff when he says anything, particularly from a certain subset of fans who follow a particular wrestling company that when you pronounce phonetically sounds like you. Um, <laughs> the first thing they say is, Why should we listen to you? You ran you and Hulk Hogan ran WCW and nearly ran TNA, TNA wrestling into the ground. And it's it's this narrative that is is a very comfortable narrative to run with when you're arguing with a guy who did beat the WWE for God knows how long, 83 weeks. That's what it was. Straight. Straight. Not Plus counting too, yeah. the, con- the consecutive weeks, not counting the off and on it's weeks. Probably like 100, 110 total. Yeah. yeah. Like, it makes you, it, it's one of those narratives that, you know, makes someone feel better about there 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 are there, there this sort of feeling of superiority like they somehow understand a business better than that by saying you know Hulk Hogan was a terrible toxic person and Eric Bischoff just let him do whatever he wanted in two companies and, and so it's it's it was it's one of my old it's one of my big wrestling pet peeves um especially when if you look at any of this uh objectively while Eric Bischoff certainly contributed to some of the problems that were existing within WCW, 
and by no means was like innocent to its downfall. He was by no means the the like sole proprietor of the failure uh, uh, the or the ultimate collapse of WCW. And at TNA, people really inflated his role based on reporting by Meltzer and others like, uh, you know, you know, the Kellers of the world and um, just everybody like there were, there were plenty of folks out there who ran with this idea that Eric Bischoff wanted to be an executive at TNA, that he wanted to be a booker for TNA, that he wanted and Bischoff has repeatedly said, and I have no reason to not take his argument in good faith that most of his work was at the request of working with Hogan and you know, being kind of a in-between guy for Hogan and, and TNA. But that was about the extent of his role initially. And that, you know, he did other things, but it, he was not the guy. And he by no means was attempting to sabotage TNA wrestling during his time. there. So that was my first narrative that I wanted to put out there. You know, it's interesting. And, and, and I love that narrative. And it's, it does still persist today. It, it really does. People still bring it up. couple things about that, though. That's just going to be linked to Bischoff forever. If mm-hmm. if he was shitting on WWE, the, the E-Drones, the WWE Defenders, they'd be saying the same thing. They just would. Like, right. That's just something that people attach to Eric Bischoff and lose with him forever. And, and Right or wrong. And, which it, and wrong is, is the correct answer there. Um, it's just one of those things that, that's always going to be stuck with him for him. And, and it is what it is. But great one. Really, really good one. So... Um, it, and it's, it's, if people knew, like it, it was all business is why is what screwed over, um, both companies really, but didn't kill TNA cause TNA is still around. But, um, but yeah, with WCW, like it was all the AOL time war thing. Like that's what did it in. I mean, it's just, that's why they sold the company to WWE for pennies on the dollar when they could have sold it to Bischoff's group for a lot more because they just wanted it gone. They just did, didn't want right. it to exist. And, and, and. And it didn't, and they damaged it so much that WWE couldn't even bring that shit back. They brought back ECW and couldn't bring back WCW. So, but they use all the old pay-per-view names. Um, I really think when they move <laughs> NXT over to the CW, call that shit Nitro. I think that'd be cool if it was NXT Nitro on the CW. Like, or, or put oh, some random show on, on, on put some random show on Pacock. You got enough wrestlers that aren't doing anything. Call it Nitro. Why the hell not? Like, <laughs> did that shit. Just, just get the old fire logo or something. Just do something that makes it feel like nitro, and people will be happy. But that's just—it's just low-hanging fruit for these idiots. Like, like it's—it's it's clown right. shoes to even say that at this point. But you know, if the clown shoe fits, these motherfuckers gonna wear it. So I don't even have a lot to add to it. Like, it's so spot on what you said. And I know it's boring podcasting, but damn it, it's true. Speaking of low-hanging fruit, Patrick O'Dowd, I'm okay. going with the lowest hanging fruit there is for my first one. Okay. It's, it's, it's a huge narrative. It's been made fun of. It's been pushed around. It's believed by the vast majority of the internet wrestling community. And the first narrative that I want to put on this list is quite simply that Cody Rhodes has to finish the story. I left it alone. I, I <laughs> so and, and I, I my narrative was like in when you say by finish the story, you mean at WrestleMania? That's the current version of it, but it's always been right. something. It it was also the narrative at WrestleMania 39. It was also the narrative right. when people were thinking it was happening at SummerSlam last year. It's also the narrative now. If Cody doesn't finish the story at WrestleMania 40, guess what? It's going to be the narrative for SummerSlam again, and it would then become the narrative for WrestleMania 41. That's why I left off the tail end of it, because the actual narrative is that Cody has to finish the story. By the way, hearkening back to our conversation last week, have you noticed the Seth Uh turn on Cody thing is starting to pick up steam on the interwebs as well? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Trendsetters, right? Fucking here. I've noticed it and I'm pissed about it. Ooh. It's like it's gonna happen now, and when it does, everyone's gonna take all this credit. And I'm just sitting back, like, "Yep, Greg told you." 
I mean, just repost the podcast, man. That's true. That's true. We, because seriously, I honest to God, and I'm not saying that like people listen to our podcast and then like ran with this theory, but I didn't but really. But Bully hear Ray that does. Theory. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't believe Bully Ray does, but still. Right. Like, heard this theory from you. And then, like, the later this week, it's like everybody's like, oh, Seth's turning on him. I'm like, which, if that is a, if that is what, if maybe that's people like trying to tell themselves and getting themselves ready for Cody to not finish his story. Right. Because the, the funny thing about this narrative, and it's, it's the, the wording of he has to. Right. And, and like you said, you didn't finish it, dot, dot, dot. It's your interpretation of what finishing the story really means. And for most of the people who drop that narrative in that line, it's the idea that he has to drop this. He has to win this against Roman Reigns. Like that's the part you left off. Cause it's like, if anything else is like a failure, like anything else right. is not finishing the story. And so that's the other element to it. Uh, and I, I really I still think they want Roman to get that number before before Cody stands tall. But, you know, we could be wrong. It's, what if there was a weird double turn, by the way? What if The Rock turned on Roman only to have Seth turn on Cody to help Roman get the win? Like, if they did both of those turns in that main event? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They don't really do that anymore. I'm not anymore saying it, it's going to happen, but because just because they want people to have their their individual moment, but it's it's yeah, like it it just to me, it's just it, Seth's pushing this whole thing so hard, right? He's pushing this whole thing so hard about that, and and again, because now people are going to get pissed, and and so I want to make sure I'm I'm perfectly clear in in what I'm talking about here. I still believe that Cody will finish the story. All right, the timeline might shift, but Cody's the guy, brother. And, and also, and, and not that this matters, but also people tend to forget the World Heavyweight Championship didn't exist when Cody delivered the finish the storyline. It was literally the day after Roman Reigns unified those two titles, which was only done to make this match with Brock Lesnar more important. So, so it could right. be, but then Cody has said it has to be that title. So whatever. But it's going to happen, and, and and the I get the Madison Square Garden thing, I get the Hogan's record thing. Like there are so many reasons. Maybe they will. We'll, we'll save the WrestleMania predictions for when we get to the week before WrestleMania. But to me, that narrative is that Cody Rhodes absolutely has to finish the story at blank. Yes. Now Go back ahead. to you. All right. This was going to stem from. This one stems from an article. That, uh, that I sent you a, what, like yesterday or the day before. Yes. And this is actually a classic narrative for multiple wrestlers. Like this could be a, a general narrative because you could go with such and such wrestler is being wasted or, or is being held back or buried or any number of things. But what I'm going to use is I'm going to use the title of the article. The WWE has a Gunther problem. And I've seen it everywhere. What are we going to do with Gunther? What's going to happen with Gunther? The WWE doesn't, in fact, they, they, they have to do something with Gunther. This is a real problem. Like, he's, he can't hold on to the Intercontinental title forever. It's a problem. Is it a problem? No. Like, is it a problem? No. But you, you're posing it as a problem. No. You can do it. Definitely not a problem. In fact, the, the problem is thinking there's a problem. Like, right. He's the, he has made the, and we've said this before. We said this back when, when we joked about Miranda being on the show and when she was on the show. They've essentially made the Intercontinental Championship a third world title. Right. Third space world title, not third world title, like a third world country, but it, it's a first world title, but it's just the third one. You, you get it. They've literally created a third world heavyweight championship. Fuck, same thing. Um, with the Intercontinental Championship. And it's the one that everybody loves. And they've loved it going back to the 80s with Savage and Steamboat and all of that. Will Gunther eventually lose it? Yeah. Will he eventually become world heavyweight champion or WWE champion? Yeah. 
Like, I think all that's in the cards, barring injury or, or any other unforeseen circumstances. But him being the Intercontinental Champion is not a problem that they have to solve, that they have to fix, that they have to address immediately. I'll go so far as to say this. I don't think he has to lose it at WrestleMania. No, he doesn't. But they've given, because, it, they've given it the perfect opportunity for him to. Well, yeah, and a multi-man. Because I also think the modern-day WWE and Triple H's booking doesn't really want to have challengers lose by not losing. Right. I would hate for the longest Intercontinental Championship reign, and now I think he's the longest cumulative as well, um, just all in one reign. I would hate for that to end by him not getting pinned or submitted. I would hate for Romans to end by him not getting pinned or submitted because you kind of earned that, right? You earn the opportunity to, to be, it's the perfect end point on a reign is to lose and lose properly. And, right. and now of course, okay. Say it's a, it's a big, you know, or maybe it's a ladder match or whatever. And then Gunther loses the title without being pinned or submitted. You could do a rematch and have Gunther get pinned or submitted there. Cause if you don't actually beat Gunther, you're kind of a paper champion until you do. And, and Gunther, you know, there's nothing to protect. If Gunther gets beaten, right. he's not going to turn around and suddenly not be a worthy challenger for a world title just because he lost to Chad Gable. And and that's the other thing. Some people are saying it's just going to be Gunther and Sammy or Gunther and whoever. You don't have Chad Gable tap Ivar out, who's more than twice his size, right. for no reason. You just don't do nope. that. So So something's coming. And I think it's great. And, and I, remember, okay. remember that momentum that Chad Gable had when he took mm-hmm. on Gunther and what, how many months ago? Out, and that was the man's first loss, right? So, but it, it's, but he just doesn't. In fact, if there's well, like it, a big so like here's five the other, way, here's the other question by him, by him. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but by <sighs> by Gunther, because the other part of this narrative that I just think is not just. The idea that he's being held back in some way by not ascending past. Because that's kind of what you're saying when you're saying you have a Gunther problem. Is that he's so unbeatable at the intercontinental level that nobody, you know, nobody, like part of the, the, the sort of the bad faith in this, in this narrative is bad faith in the challenger. Especially if you do like a four way or something like that, but bad faith in the challenger that whoever, like the Gunther has been so dominant in his his victories that it, it makes it hard. And, and I think the other poor timing with this particular narrative comes with the whole Brock Lesnar piece of it, which we you know that elephant right. in the room. You know, yeah, this is one of those times where plans did change, bro. And yeah. and I can believe that. Like plans change, but to to call then the resulting whatever happens next a problem is if there's no talent that can legitimately get after gunther even even in a, a hope story like it goes back to what greg says with chad uh with chad gable uh is disingenuous and it also seems to imply that there's this log jam holding gunther back which is why they've kept him with the title like that he's just being held down because there's no place for him versus roman or seth which while true in a way, it's not like the people that can challenge Gunther aren't talented enough or don't deserve to be in the same ring as Gunther. The the Intercontinental Championship did the job it's supposed to do with Gunther. It did. Right, right. But I would actually prefer if Gunther is in a multi man match, that he wins that because he hasn't been in that situation yet. So let's put him in one and have him win. And let that loss come somewhere else. And people tend to forget. This is a TV product above everything else. And if you're always going to have the world titles change hand on pay-per-view or premium live event, then it kind of makes sense to have your secondary titles change hands on television. So, because you got to do some stuff on TV. So I do think I could see that, you know, Gunther even losing that on television at some point in a one-on-one match. But to me mid card of WrestleMania Gunther standing tall again. Sounds, sounds good to me. I don't have a problem with it. No, no, it's whatever. Right. And I think it's a great way to get people on the card because where there's the log jam is the, is the mid card. Sami Zayn 
you know, he he recently defended against Jay Uso. You've got Shinsuke in there. These are all main event talents that, yeah. that you know have, have challenged Gunther, and and Gunther could very believably go main event something tomorrow, and and would be totally fine, and will in the future. Also, if he loses the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, then what? Because you're most likely going to have a brand new World Heavyweight Champion, and if what everyone thinks is going to happen happens, a brand new WWE Champion. Are you just going to turn around and have him lose? Like, yes. why rush to take it off Gunther? You're, you're just not look These people, and, and things like, you know, WWE has a Gunther problem. It's because they look at Gunther in a vacuum. They don't look at Gunther and the entire landscape of WWE and realize, no, it's actually kind of stupid. Uh, because nothing exists on its own. When you start booking things and they exist on its own, you screw over other things on your card. And you don't want to do that. So, good one. Very, very good one. My next one, Patrick O'Dowd, is a topic that we've talked about a few times over the last couple of weeks. So it's current, very current, very, very hot topic to talk about. And and But is the shitty narrative that people are throwing out there, Patrick O'Dowd? And that is the notion that the firing of Scott Demore will finally be the thing that kills TNA. <laughs> this company survived Jeff Jarrett running weekly pay-per-views in places like Alabama, in Mississippi, and 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 Louisiana, and and everywhere else in the old Mid South territories, to going to weekly television on Fox Sports Net with a six sided ring and a clock, to not having television, to going to Spike TV, to Dixie Carter, to Jeff Jarrett again, to to becoming Global Force Wrestling for some week and a half, to Dixie Carter. To Billy Corgan, to to the Harris brothers, to Anthem, and and where we are today with Don Callis running around, and and then eventually Scott Demore getting fired. This company's been around for twenty two years. You think this is going to kill it? It's Come been on. around longer than WCW. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Ring of Honor outlasted by a few months, and that's it. Like, in terms of longest-running active wrestling promotions, you know, TV wrestling promotions, it goes WWE, Ring of Honor, I guess, TNA. Like, that's it for American televised wrestling right now. So, it's it survived name changes. It survived so much, but you think it can't survive. Do I think the firing of Scott Demore is stupid? Yes. Do I think, given the opportunity, they should bring him back, even if he was willing to come back? He probably isn't. Yes. Do I think if none of that happens that they'll die? No. They've just... No. It's not going to happen. Yeah, we, we we have talked about this many times over the 10-plus years that we've been doing this podcast, that TNA is, is like the cockroach of pro wrestling. You can't kill it. Yeah. Like, it does not go away. It finds a. It is just. It has found a way, and the thing that's really interesting about this particular narrative, and, and I, I haven't looked. I have, I have two episodes of Impact in the bank. I think they are pre demore firing episodes. I'm not sure when the well, taping yeah, schedule they haven't taped flipped. anything since then. Right. So, I, regardless. Of, of the whether the decision was good or bad. At the very least, he left behind a pretty strong foundation to build upon because things were going well. Yeah. And, and so now things could take a turn and probably will take a turn because it's not going to have his fingerprints on whatever whatever's next. But they've they've just they've always found their way, and until they ha- until it, it's it's. The opposite, until they prove otherwise, TNA is going to live. Like, it's going to it's gonna find a way. Until they, they show that they're going to actually show. die, right. like, we can't declare them dead. They literally survive without television at one point. Like, it, it's just, it's absurd right. that the firing of Scott Demore is going to finally be the thing that kills TNA. Like, that's just, it's just... Uh, again, it's 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 because you want it to die. Like that's the only reason why these people are doing this. They they want it to die. 
and they don't really want it to die because they want they just want it to die for something else to talk about. Because right. misery loves company, and and everybody just wants to see the whole world burn, which is what people said to me when I said Seth Rollins was going to turn on Cody Rhodes. Burn it down. Your turn. Burn yeah. it down. Look at that. It's perfect. You nailed it. I did that for you. It's his theme song. All right. Well done. My my last my last entry onto the list is indeed the narrative that kicked this whole thing off. Because as I was sitting on my couch. At around, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning on Saturday, this this past Saturday, watching Elimination Chamber because I woke up and it was on. So I just threw on where it was. By the way, Peacock, if you could do me a favor, just as an aside, for those of us who don't want to wait for you to put the damn show up, if it's currently airing live, can we bring back the watch from the beginning option? Can you just do it? That was you know, such I've a great thing. i people tweet about this. I've had no problem bringing it up live and then just dragging the bar off to the beginning of the show. That's just a pain in the ass. And I'm doing it through my TV where I'm using a remote and not a mouse. Gotcha. So, cause the app is all on my television. So the only issue that I have you. is that when I drag it to the beginning of the show, you have to watch commercials. Well that, yes, but that's whatever. You still have to watch them when it, they put the replay up on Peacock because you can't skip the commercials. Oh, However, I mean, but I mean, when you pull it back, it instantly makes you watch a commercial, right? Like it did, it did, it, I did, I did, it happened to me today. So that's so not, not in the live aspect. But here's the thing about that. When the actual PLE goes off air, it goes off air no matter where I'm at. So, cause, oh. cause, and then I got to wait now, an hour, an hour and a half for them to finally upload the final That's show. That's really interesting. Cause I did this. So I had a basketball game that, I had up running while I was talking to Tony for the pick and roll podcast. Catch it this Thursday on the chair shot radio network, part of the chairshot.com. But, um, I was able to back it up even though the game had ended and hmm. watch the end of the game as if it were live. I just had to watch a, a commercial. So interesting. Maybe it just depends on what content anyway, while I was watching this and we get to our men's elimination chamber match, a tweet, that I saw many, many times starts to pop up that said, Logan Paul looks like he quote belongs with the main eventers kids. Logan Paul has looked like he belongs at the main event level from the second he's been on your TV screens. Period. He has always presented himself and has been presented as a big fucking deal. And it has worked. And it is whatever his shortcomings in the ring are, they don't matter because he looks like he he is a main eventer. He doesn't look like he belongs. He belongs. That's why he's entering into a story with Randy fucking Orton because he belongs. Like, you don't do that if a guy doesn't belong. And the other thing, Logan Paul has been making appearances for the WWE now for over, what, a year, two years? He's going on year now? three. He made his debut. Year three. Yeah, he made his debut at WrestleMania 37. So at what point, children, do you drop the looks like and accept that he belongs and that he's a professional wrestler Every bit as much of a professional wrestler as the other four dudes in the elimination chamber that quote unquote are belong. I'm sorry, WrestleMania looks like 38. WrestleMania 38. So he's wrapping up year two. Yes. But he's been here, he's been he has he has worked with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And again, didn't look out of place no. doing it. The guy is legit. That's a man. Not only did That's he work with Logan, R- Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia, he worked with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia in 2022. Not even a year right. after his debut. It was like his third or fourth match. I think it was his third match. And he's still yes. only at like match and, number 11 now. And during that match, what was everybody tweeting, Greg? He looks like he belongs. Thank you. Now, I will say he's, this. He, I will say yeah. this. 
He does look like he belongs. He does. That, that's fine. Looking like you belong is meaningless. He performs like he belongs because, quite simply, he belongs. He, he's earned it. There, there's a lot of different ways to get to the top. He took a way to get to the top that most other people don't. He is no longer a celebrity pro wrestler. He's a pro right. wrestler who also happens to be a celebrity. People are going to hate this, but I think by now even these stands get it. Bad Bunny is a celebrity pro wrestler. A damn good one. I was going to say, so, somebody, somebody brought up, oh, he's almost as good as Bad Bunny. And no. I wanted to be like, stop no. it. No. Stop it. Bad, like, that's say, a saying that Logan Paul is almost as good as Bad Bunny is like saying the Usos were almost as good as the Young Bucks. Like, no. Bad yeah, Bunny is right. a spot wrestler. But he it's does it in a way that works. Yeah. Not garbage, though. He just It just works. And the reason why it works for Bad Bunny doesn't work for the Young Bucks is because Bad Bunny's a music star. He's not a professional wrestler. I, I think, obviously not for WrestleMania 40. I, I, people used to say this, and I was like, no, no, no. At this point at WrestleMania 41, I would accept Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny. Because you need somebody to carry the match, and Logan Paul can carry the match. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, and, don't, but, don't tell the people who said he looks like he belongs. Yeah, he, 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 I will tell them. I'll tell them he does belong. Looking like you belong will get you like one match. It really will. Right. Maybe in WWE it'll get you one match. In other places it can get you a whole career. But in WWE it'll get you one match. Then you actually have to deliver. And you actually have to put up. And he's putting up. And he's delivering. And he's, you know... Logan effing Paul at this point, and he's a pro wrestler. And if, and look, Bad Bunny, again, to use the comparison, he's a worldwide global music icon at this point. He is. Logan Paul is a social media influencer that some people might tune into WWE and not know who he is. And if you tuned into WWE and didn't know who Logan Paul was, you would just think he's somebody on the roster. And that's the biggest compliment you can pay to Logan Paul in terms of how he is as a professional wrestler. The fact that if you didn't know who he was, you would just think he was just like anybody else on the roster. You would not think Bad Bunny was just like everybody else on the roster. And, and for those of you out there who are saying, I can't stand Logan Paul, I just want to punch that guy in the face, you're supposed to want to feel that way. That's what that headband's for. Just <laughs> put it out. That's why, that's why I remember, wear it. Remember when Logan Paul came in and insisted on being a babyface? And, and, I, and it's not an internet report. The man himself said in an interview, like, he wanted to be a good guy. That's why The Miz turned on him after, you know, after their first match together. Right. Thank God he realized that he needed... So, somebody got into his head and said, dude, you're a heel. And he accepted probably, it, kind of like, like your magic. It's probably Bruce Pritchard. Maybe, right? It's probably Bruce sitting Side there note. with his case of, what is that energy prime. drink called? Yeah, prime. God, he loves that shit. And I think the only reason Bruce Pritchard loves Logan Paul so much is because of his own kid, who's probably like, this is great, you got Logan Paul, blah, blah, blah. And Bruce is like, I'm just going to die fully in on the Logan Paul thing. Shout out to The Miz, by the way. Bad Bunny comes in, who does he wrestle against? The Miz, in a tag team match. Miz and Morrison against Bad Bunny. And before they made it a tag match, it's just going to be The Miz versus Bad Bunny. Logan Paul comes in, who do they put him with immediately? The Miz. Like, again, The Miz. It, it's, you know... You gotta, Can't you gotta, wait for his Hall of Fame speech. Oh my God, it, it's going to be amazing! Like, and our truth has to be the one to induct him. Like, it just, and then the Miz right, has to be point, the yeah. one to induct our truth. And hopefully, they go in together. That'd be outstanding. And, That'd be and so great. It's always that you like, you know, again, like, like, our truth has entered the Royal Rumble, pulled out a ladder, and tried to get the briefcase. The last Royal Rumble, he tried to get the hot tag, and Dominic actually did finally give him the hot tag. What is our truth going to say at the Hall of Fame? Like, where is he going to think he is? Like, I can't even th think of it now, but, like, he will do something funny. Like, when he went to Austria instead of Australia. Like, those are just amazing things that we do with our truth. So, I got one more, and I got to narrow it down. Yes, you do. do have a couple. So, I am going to maybe cheat. No, I'm not going to cheat. I will. This one hurts. It does. It hurts. But it's a narrative that I think needs to be... And it's a narrative that I myself have fed into. 
But as the more I think about it, the more I look at wrestling as a business, because that's what I do, I realize, okay, this is a narrative that... Because narratives can be true, right? They can be true. Even though a lot of times narratives are opinions, right? The Gunther problem is somebody's opinion. Logan Paul looks like he belongs to somebody's opinion. All these are opinions. So here's the narrative that needs to go away. Tony Khan is a bad booker. Is the narrative that needs to go away. And here's why I say that. Do I believe Tony Khan's a bad booker? I do. I I do believe that Tony Khan's a bad booker. Dynamite's still the number one show on Wednesday nights almost every Wednesday. And it's always a top five outside of live sports. Believe it or not, go on WrestleTix. Guess whose attendance is starting to go up a little bit? It's AEW. They still have a rabid fan base who loves what they do. Who you could put Britt Baker taking a shit, put it on a t-shirt, they would buy it in droves. So yeah, he's playing to a niche market. And yeah, everything that O'Shea Edwards said is right. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean, doesn't truly make him factually a bad booker. He's putting together wrestling matches, having people win, having people lose. Do I like it? No. But it's being successful. It may not meet the measures of success that people want to plop down on it. But it's a successful, it's the number two wrestling company in North America. And number three in the world, depending on how you want to look at you know, New Japan and, and maybe AAA, but I doubt it. So I'm going to go with number three. So he does a lot of bonehead things, sure. But like this narrative that he's just a bad booker. Because again, these narratives are presented as what? They're presented as fact. And I'll, I've done it, and I'll probably do it again tomorrow. But, And I've said it before. I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend. That's not even their biggest problem, is Tony Khan's booking. But this narrative that he's a bad booker, it's just, I, I need you to, I, I need us, myself included, I need more. I need more than just he's a bad booker. I really do. We've gotten to that point. Because he's been a bad booker for four years now. And his no, 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 he's been booker of the year. Pretty much means you're a bad booker. Like if I'm Triple H, I'm concerned that I won that award. But <laughs> and by a landslide too. Like that's the crazy part. But yet Dynamite was still voted number one TV show by those readers or whatever. Yeah. Well, so I'm uh, gonna put on the list an era Tony Khan's a bad booker. And, and you have every, every right to. I will say this. I agree with you that I too believe that Tony Khan is a bad booker. Uh, the one thing, like, I can't deny numbers. I can't deny who's watching. I can't deny what they're doing. What I can do is talk about the reasons why I rode with this narrative yeah. and explain why the booking is bad, even if it is still getting eyeballs. Because every time I, I try to watch, I, I will not be uh, adding to the numbers. Um, like ever, because every time I try, Craig, I, I get so far. And then probably every time I watch anything by AEW, I get to a point where I end up texting you and I'm done. <laughs> you do. You try. And, and it's the same. Like you, it's, it's, and, you're, you're and, and, and of, here's why is, yeah. uh, most of the time it's cause it makes no goddamn sense. Right. To you. Like, like, and I, and I don't think, and this, the other side, this, the other piece of it that I will say, I don't think that, I mean, I, I know what appeals to me and what I think is a good story is not the same as what pulls in the audience that is watching AEW. It's just not like I needed to make it make sense. And in ways that I just don't see and that others do. So that's what I got. But you are mature enough as a fan to admit that everything you just stated is your opinion. Like, like that's that fair. You're, you're mature. And so am I. And, and we share our opinions, but the fact is a narrative again is someone saying their opinion is fact and we can share our opinion and accept that it's our opinion. 
But like you said, it's being successful. Like it's factually inaccurate saying that someone's a bad booker because they haven't killed off their company. He's just not Yet. booking to us. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But no, it'll be Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff that kill his company. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's why I went with that. I did. It was circular. It was very good. Very good. So that is the six items that are on the list. So we're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back. We're going to put this baby in order and have some fun. So we will be right back. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Welcome to the main event. See, you're impressed. Impressed by the theme song for the IZW Heavyweight Champion, main event Evan Daniels. Yeah, you are. Uh huh. That's right. I mean, I am. It's good shit. He, he changed his song, and I got it. And, and I was like, oh, but his last one was good. His last one was good. This one's perfect. Yeah, it's good shit. The reason why, because I'm going to self gloss a little bit and just, just, I've invented a new catchphrase that isn't really a new catchphrase. People have used it before. And I'm just, just going to toot my own horn because I don't have. The hashtag Miranda show here to do a full on hour and a half recap of IZW Monster took place over this weekend. All I'm going to say is that we are we are working on different forms of distribution now for IZW and, and harder than we have worked before because I am officially deeming us as the best kept secret in independent wrestling. That's Ooh. where we are. We are the best. I've even changed some of the social media bios to say the best kept secret in independent wrestling. That's what I feel we are. Am I biased? Yeah. Is it my opinion? Yeah. Is it my narrative? Yes. Does it need to stop? No, because it's me. But that's where I'm at. So, <laughs> and since I don't have the platform of the hashtag Miranda show to, to share it on, I'm going to share it here. So, sorry, not sorry. All right, Patrick, we have our six items on the list. Now we're going to put them in order, which won't take nearly as long. But like I said, we made this the show because we knew it was going to be a good discussion, and I'm glad that we did that because it was a good discussion. So now the flip gets script. The, the flip gets script. The script gets flipped. I go first. Patrick goes second. And we put these six items in order. And Patrick go down. I'm gonna be selfish because to me, it's the most annoying thing of everything on this list. I am putting it number one. The notion that Cody Rhodes has to finish a story blank at whatever major events coming up. Yeah, I had that. That would have been my number one if I'd gone first. Like, Fair it's enough. hard to ignore that because it's it's yeah. the it's the deafening noise in the room. So it's the thing that's hitting no us over the head right there. now with a, with a club. Yeah, right. Um, for number two, though, I am gonna I'm gonna go with one of mine as well uh, because it's the I would say the longest tenured narrative that refuses to go away, and that is Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan ruined WCW and tried to ruin TNA. Just for the sake of podcasting, to show everybody that we're not always on the same page, that probably would have been the last on my list. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But just saying that probably would have been last on my list. Number three for me, also because it's a long-standing narrative, just the name changes, but the narrative stays the same. That the firing of Scott Demore is going to be the thing that kills TNA, because really it's just the next in a long line of things that were going to be the thing that kills TNA. Word. Um, for number four, I'm going to go with my original idea, the one that gave us the list in the first place, and that is Logan Paul looks like he belongs, in quotes, in the main event. And why the hell not? I'm going to steal yours for number five. I'm stealing the Gunther problem. Otherwise, the list gets boring. That's fair. Well... And because we personally feel this way anyway, I'm okay with this last narrative being the last narrative that Tony Khan is a bad booker because you know what? He is. Um, oh, sorry. And I agree. Sorry. I agree opinion. with your opinion. I do. I agree with your opinion. We are just not here to spew our opinion as fact. It's what, yeah. what is podcasting then? It's our opinion. 
But we can be good oh, podcasters and not force everyone else to agree with us. That's for sure. That's fair. So. That's fair. Okay. I so got there you. we go. Congratulations. You just made the list. Cody Rhodes has to finish his story blank. Bischoff and Hogan destroyed WCW. Firing Scott Demore is going to be the thing that kills TNA. Logan Paul looks like he belongs. The WWE has a Gunther problem. And Tony Khan is a bad booker. The list of narratives that need to go away. All of you. You just made the list. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. So this one, Patrick, is, and I remembered what I originally wanted to do for, for this portion of the show, and I'm trying to find the graphic now that I, that I downloaded to use for this as my reference point. Here it is. Would be considered a narrative, but I don't think it would have fit what we were doing because we were focused on specific individuals and not these three individuals. But a graphic was shared that, because over the weekend... Dolph Ziggler won the New Japan Global Championship, which used to be the U.S. and the U.K. and whatever. Mustafa Ali won the TNA X Division Championship. And Matt Riddle won the New Japan Television Championship. And so when three recently released WWE superstars win championships, what is the narrative going to be? Oh, like that. This is their like they were they're, they're no longer being held back by the WWE. Something to the, that effect. Right, like, no longer being held back by the WWE proves that they were wasted by WWE. Right, right. W right. shows that obviously this shows that WWE doesn't know what they're doing. I would like to present to you a narrative of my own. My opinion, Patrick O'Dowd. I am of the opinion that this proves the exact opposite. This proves exactly how strong WWE is. That these three gentlemen can waltz right into other companies and immediately win. Mustafa Ali has never wrestled a match in TNA. Walks in, cuts one promo, gets a shot at the X Division Championship in Chris Saban, and wins the X Division title. Apparently he's the first person to ever win the X Division Championship in their first ever match with the company. Is that true? I don't know. But again... That's because of WWE. Right? Dolph Ziggler shows yeah. up in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. Now he challenges for this global championship, I think it was held by David Finley, and he wins it. If he's former, if he's not a former WWE superstar, does he win it? No. no. Matt Riddle, you could maybe argue that Matt Riddle had enough behind him before he was in WWE to waltz into New Japan and win their television title. I think it's still because he's former WWE superstar Matt Riddle. Take former WWE superstar away from these people. I don't think all three of them win these titles so quickly in their tenure in these companies. I really don't. Yeah, I believe it. I, I, I think that it's undeniable. Like, you're part of the biggest wrestling company in the world. You leave the biggest wrestling company in the world. You are a known commodity and a name. That is instant credibility. That is why... It's funny. Like, that's why we... we that's why these companies then give them titles right away. It's also why, even if you're not moving on to some other national brand, your name carries value that independent bookers around the country will bring you in because there's the perception of the clout that you having been a part of the w of a WWE roster and been on national television brings to your product. Now, whether that actually plays out or not, that's the power of being a part of a WWE roster and being on television, you know, for 52 weeks a year, every Monday or, or Friday. That's why they can charge so much for those indie bookings. Right. And I Absolutely. know because I've looked into it because that's my job as an indie wrestling promoter that we always like to joke about. And I can tell you they charge so much, so much so that we will never use them, but they charge so much. So it, it, it's, yeah, and, and they couldn't charge that if they weren't former WWE superstar blank. It, it's just, right. that's the power of WWE. We're coming up on WrestleMania season. And, and, and it's long been a, been a you know, tale that I've heard and an opinion that I've seen out there in the past. If you want to see how strong the wrestling industry is, just 
look at WrestleMania. If WrestleMania is in a small arena not doing so good, neither is the wrestling business. If it's in a traditional arena, even if it's in an arena in front of 18,000 people, still not doing so great because it used to be in stadiums in front of 60, 70, 80,000 people. It's been in stadiums since WrestleMania 20. Right? WrestleMania, yep. or WrestleMania 22 was the last time it wasn't in a stadium. We're going on 40. So the past 18 years, WrestleMania has been in a giant stadium. The wrestling industry is very, very strong. And WrestleMania tells you that. That's why these wrestlers can go out and do it. And it's not a bad thing. Hopefully, New Japan and TNA get a boost from this. Because it's what's for the best of the wrestling business. So, I'm down. I'm completely down. No problems with any of it whatsoever. And that, noble listener, as Patrick O'Dowd would like to call you, is going to do it for this week's edition of The Greg DeMarco Show. So we appreciate you listening, going through this week's list. Trust me, we will have plenty of time to talk about WrestleMania, plenty of time to talk about the road to WrestleMania. The last thing Patrick O'Dowd needs us to do is to make him try to guess what the hell is going to happen for the next seven weeks. He will probably quit podcasting forever. And personally, I don't want that to happen. So I'm not going to allow it to happen. That's, that's what I'm allowed to do as the host of the show. So for said Patrick O'Dowd, I am Greg DeMarco. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, we remind you to always use your head. Always use your head.